start with your sphere of influence. Start with the people who you already have that pre-existing relationship with. They know you, they like you, they may or may not trust you with their money yet, but at least we've got our foot in the door. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off, and that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Dave Dubow, how you doing, Dave? I'm doing awesome, Joe. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yes, my pleasure and looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Dave. He's a real estate investor. He's an author. A trainer and consultant. He began his real estate career in 2003 doing 18 deals in 18 months and has done rent to own deals and now invests in apartment buildings. And he is based in British Columbia, Canada. And with that being said, Dave, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah. So my background is been self-employed since early twenties. Marketing's kind of my main interest. So I'm a marketer first and a real estate investor second. Got into real estate investing after living overseas for about 14 years. So kind of started from scratch and got into the creative wonky, no money, low money down type deals. Those were those 18 deals in 18 months, which might sound kind of impressive. But if I had have understood the power of using other people's money, I would have been a, a lot further ahead. Fast forward a few years got into rent-to-own kind of deals, focusing on what I call tenant-first properties. Had some pretty good success with that until the market kind of turned around. And then most recently, starting about 2013, started focusing more on multifamily properties. And my main thing, Joe, in addition to real estate investing, is helping mom-and-pop real estate investors attract money partners, attract investors, and raise capital. That's really what it's all about. Okay. 
Let's talk about 2013 and on. You said you've been focused on multifamily properties. What have you purchased? Well, right now, biggest deal is two buildings, actually, outside of Ottawa, Ontario. And I also have three sixplexes myself as well. Okay. That 54 unit, are you the only partner on that deal? No, I've got joint venture partners on those deals, on all, all of the deals. All of them. Okay, cool. So let's talk about it. When did you buy the 54 unit? That was in 2013. Okay. And what was the purchase price? Purchase price was $4.9 million. All right. And then what's the business plan? And can you talk to us a little bit about how much you are investing into that business plan and how that's gone? So the investing plan is we're actually looking at divesting ourselves of that property right now. The local market in that area has appreciated more than we thought it would. And it looks like it's a pretty good time to divest. So we're in the process of that. We have a buyer on board that we're just in the process of seeing if you can get qualified for financing for that property. So yeah, basically we're looking at getting out of that one. Okay. So what are you selling it for? I believe we're going to be selling that for 6.5, I believe is what we're going to be getting for that. Okay. And then what was your role in the transaction in this whole deal? Well, what I do, Joe, is I partner up with people that are smarter than I am and better at dealing with the tenants and the toilets and all that kind of stuff. And I take an equity position in the properties and I help raise capital to buy the deals. Okay. How much equity was raised for this purchase? That was approximately 800000 And when you bring capital and partner up with people, what is the equity ownership that you typically receive for doing so? Well, it depends on the size of the deal. For that one, it was 15%. For other deals, it really depends on the size and how many partners I bring on board. And was the 800000 all of the equity required to close the transaction? It was, yes. Okay. And 800000 divided by 4.9, that's only 16% of the purchase price. That surprises me that it's so low. Was it owner financing? It wasn't actually. It was just very, very good financing at the time. The active partner that I'm partnered up with in that deal has a pretty significant portfolio and very, very good relationship with the lender that we used. Okay. So as a local lender, what was the business plan for that deal? Well, the business plan was to hold on to it for five years and then refinance and ideally pull out a good chunk of the investor's initial investment and then keep holding on to it. However, after reevaluating the property, it looks like it's probably a better idea to divest because the price is right. Plus, we're looking at some probable capital improvements that have to happen over the next few years. So we've decided as a group, we'd rather sell. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Sell before you have to invest in those CapEx projects. Yeah. We already had to replace an elevator and that was pricey. Okay. (laughs) How much was that? What was that? I think that was $120,000. $120,000 to replace an elevator. I believe so, yes. Dang. Okay. Everything's a little more expensive up here. <laughs> right. Well, in terms of the business plan, just so I'm understanding it, did you all do anything to the properties, to the units, any renovations or any CapEx projects starting out? Nothing big. These properties were in pretty good shape. They were more 55 plus focus for the tenant profile. Okay. So no, they were in good shape. We did have to replace, I believe, one boiler and and as well as the the elevator, which we already knew about ahead of time. So that was already contemplated. Other than that, it's been just the normal stuff. Okay, cool. 
And then you mentioned, what I hear you say, three fourplexes? Did I hear that right? Sixplexes, yeah. Three sixplexes. Yeah. So these are kind of interesting. These are in a different area of Canada, kind of a slightly different business model. These properties were focusing on furnished rentals. So kind of short, not Airbnb type short-term rentals, but three to six month type situation. It's almost like an apart hotel concept. So in order to crank up the cash flow on these properties, we actually rent out the properties by the room. Okay. And you say we, so you mentioned you have business partners on all your deals. Uh, again, the smarter guy that's actually running the business, that's my partner. And he's got a lot of experience with that as well as a pretty significant portfolio focused almost exclusively on the whole midterm, medium term furnished rental. Okay. And did you buy these three sixplexes all at once? No, one of these sixplexes I've had in my portfolio for quite some time. The other two, he actually got a kind of a bulk deal direct with the seller. The seller had built these when times were good, times went bad pretty quickly after he built them. So he'd been sitting on these properties underperforming. So we were able to get in with owner financing. Okay. Uh, so not complete owner financing, but definitely some vendor take back to make the deal work a lot better. So no realtors involved, just drumming up business himself. Sure. With the purchase of these three sixplexes, you have a business partner. Is the equity to purchase the properties? I know you said some were owner financing, but was the equity required your money or did you bring it from other partners? A bit of both. So I have put some of my own money into one of these properties and brought on investor partners for the others. And how do you structure that? Well, we structure this as a joint venture and it depends on how much equity is brought in by the individual investor. I believe the minimum is a 10% equity stake in the property and moving up from there, depending on how much they put in. So it sounds like one sixplex came first and then you closed on these other transactions, correct? Actually, he got into both of these sixplexes with hard money lenders and is now replacing those funds with investor partners. Okay, but in terms of the sequence of when you purchased these properties, how did that flow? It flowed that it was, I believe he bought two of them at one time and then within the next six months or so, he bought the other two. And where does a 54 unit fit on that timeline? It doesn't. That's a completely different deal, completely different partner. Right. No, I'm just talking about your portfolio. So when on your timeline of purchasing property was the 54 unit compared to these three sixplexes? Oh, this, this was a couple of years prior. Okay. So 54 unit came first? That's for sure. Yes. Oh, cool. Okay. So was it 800000 the first time you'd raise capital for a deal? No, I was raising capital when I was doing rent-owned deals from 2010 till 2013 sorry, 2012 or so, and then transitioned into the multifamily property. Cool. The 800000 looking at the investors who invested in that property, how much did the investor who invested the most invest? I believe it was three hundred or $400,000. And how did you come across meeting that particular investor? Obviously, I'm not looking for any names or anything, but just trying to learn how you met them. Yeah, well, Joe, I've been in the marketing and the education business for some time. So this particular investor, I'd known her for, for quite some time. She'd been following me, kind of like what you do with your podcast. I had done different things with paid membership programs, different kinds of things like that. Do a pretty good job of staying in touch with people that are on my contact list. 
So over time, she just was watching what I was doing. And when I made this opportunity available, she reached out and she was very interested. Okay. So I was just through marketing efforts, not necessarily weren't able to pinpoint exactly which one, but just a holistic approach of marketing. And she was on some list of yours that when you sent out this opportunity to the list, she replied. Yeah. And the way I do it is I really want to focus on people that I've got a pre-existing either personal or business relationship with. So this person had already done business with me on something different. Okay. So when you've got the 54 unit and you got the three sixplexes, what's something that's gone wrong? What's something that's gone wrong? (laughs) One of the sixplexes is not part of that portfolio with that partner. So the one that's gone wrong has been a property that was inherited. That's one sixplex as part of my portfolio. And just long distance management hassles, having, how can you put it? Having the challenges of inheriting a property and the emotional luggage that comes along with promises made on deathbeds to my father that left us the property. So dealing with my brother on this, dealing with my father's dying wishes about the property, all this kind of stuff has made it pretty messy and not a great investment. What advice would you give someone who comes across a similar scenario that you had? Like the inheritance type thing? Yeah. I think, you know what, you've <laughs> you've got to look at it more objectively and try and take the emotion out of it. Because again, that's what's really been the hang up is trying to follow our father's dying wishes. But basically, long story short, it's kind of driving the value of the property down and making it more difficult to sell once we do sell. So bottom line, he made us promise to keep his buddy on board as the property manager Oh. until he wanted to move on or he, he kicked off. And we kind of thought that was going to happen sooner rather than later. Son <laughs> <laughs> of a gun. So he just keeps holding on and holding on. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, a t- that's a tough one. What are you going to do? We're going to uh, basically bribe him to move out and sell the property <laughs> with owner financing. We're going to give him a free place to stay for a while and then bribe him to move on. That sounds like a very fair solution. Yeah. It's only taken about nine years to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. (laughs) Yeah, man. But it's all good. It's part of the learning process, but it gets back to not letting the emotions override logic, um, Mm -hmm. I I guess would be the, the short way to put that. What project are you most proud of? Which project? You know what? This 54 unit deal I'm I'm pretty proud of because our investors are super happy. It's been a completely hands-free investment for them. My partner on the deal is doing a, just a knock-up job on it. And actually, it's one of those situations where you're very, very easily able to under-promise and over-deliver. So we've blown the projections off the roof with what we were telling our investors they'd be getting. It looks like they're going to probably be getting it at least by the time the smoke clears, about 50% more than they expected. You purchased that six years ago. How come you haven't been purchasing more since then? Well, that's a good question. My main focus has been more on the marketing side of things, and I've just really decided to kick things back into gear. The partner I was partnered with on that is getting to the age where he's starting to divest and sell off. And to be perfectly frank, my whole goal, Joel, was to partner up with other people that are actively doing this and not be the active partner myself. So I found one of my clients, one of my students who is 
very, very successful at what he's doing. And I've just within the last year, actually within the last six months, partnered up with him. And that's since then we purchased these two sixplexes. So kicking it back into gear right now. Mm -hmm. And when you are structuring partnerships and when you're bringing capital to transactions, what type of tips would you give someone who hasn't done it already? As far as finding investors or structuring the deal? Yeah, Uh, as far as finding investors. That's a good question, Joe. So my typical people that I'm helping are mom and pops that are just starting to look for investors, looking to work with other people's money. They've hit the wall when it comes to their own cash or credit. And what I always suggest is start with your sphere of influence. Start with the people who you already have that pre-existing relationship with. They know you, they like you. They may or may not trust you with their money yet, but at least we've got our foot in the door. Does that make sense? So especially up here in Canada, we've got these things called securities commissions, right? So trade commission down in the States. And you have to be very, very careful about who you're raising capital from, especially if you're doing smaller deals and you're, you're not jumping through all the regulatory hoops. So always start with the folks that you have a pre-existing relationship with. And then what I do a little bit differently, Joe, is I encourage people to reach out to me instead of me chasing after them. So in other words, I apply marketing to finding investors and raising capital and try to avoid at all costs the so-called common sense advice of dialing for dollars or turning every conversation into a real estate conversation or being just that person that's always networking and schmoozing. What I'd rather do is create curiosity, get people to reach out to me, put up their hand and say, hey, you know what? I'm interested. Tell me more about the deal. And then that conversation just makes things so much simpler. What are some tips to having investors who you're looking to potentially partner up with reach out to you versus you reach out to them? Well, the first tip is to avoid the biggest dumbass mistake I made when I first started this, which was just kind of blasting everybody cold with a version of, hey, it's Dave, I've got a great deal, are you interested? That really didn't go over well. And in 2020 hindsight, I see why it didn't. So what I think you really need to do is you need to break the ice with people on a non-business topic first, and then start talking business after that. So what I suggest, Joe, is people warm up their contacts. First of all, I highly recommend that you target in on a couple of hundred people. Create a list of prospective investors and then focus all of your attention on them. So I always encourage people, let's come up with a list of 100, 150, 200 people that you have that pre-existing relationship with. Then start things off by having a warm-up or breaking the ice with them. There's a couple of different ways you can do that, Joe. One is you send out a quick little email, which is kind of a catch-up email. So saying something like, well, this is Dave. Chances are it's been a while since we've been in touch. I thought I'd try something different and just reach out to you, let you know what I've been up to. And then just do kind of a, a brief synopsis of what you and the family have been up to for the last three, four, five years. And then at the end of the email, you say, well, that's what I've been doing. But how about you? Please hit reply. Let me know how you're doing. I'd really love to hear back from you. So you send that out. And then as soon as people start replying to you, make sure you have a little bit of back and forth with them. Three or four days after that, highly recommend that people send out a second version of that, but this time a little video message, just because video is so much more personal. So they click on the link, they watch your video, they see you, they hear you, they see your expression. And again, 
the call to action is for them to reply to the email and just catch up. And then you catch up with them. And then a third message is just what I call your transition message, which is now where you give them the heads up that you're going to start changing the conversation, talking a little bit more about what you're up to with real estate and then inviting them to reach out for more information if they'd like to find out more. Does that make sense? It does make sense. With the initial email, has there ever been complaints about it being disingenuous because they kind of see through that you're randomly reaching out to them after three to five years or you haven't really sent an email like that ever before and then they see that you have that transition message where you talk more about the real estate stuff? Not very much. And I haven't figured out a better way to do it. So for example, I'll give you an example of what the trans, because the transition message is really important. So it'd be something like this. I'd say something like, hey, it's Dave. It's been really good reconnecting with you over the last week or so. Moving ahead, I want to do a better job of staying in touch with you and letting you know what I'm up to with real estate investing. It's something that I've been doing really well with. I think it's the best way for regular people like you and I to get a, a really good solid return on money backed by a tangible asset and that's real property. And then who knows, maybe sometime in the future, you might even want to partner with me and share in the profits on a deal. Mm -hmm. But if you're not interested in real estate, that's okay too. You can always click on the unsubscribe button at the bottom of any of my emails. You'll be taken off my list immediately. No hard feelings. In the meantime, if you haven't had a chance, just please get back to me and I'd love to catch up. And then we send that out. So we do give them the heads up and we let them know that we're going to be switching gears and a lot of people are freaked out that 80% of the folks that get the email are going to opt out. And what we found, Joe, is actually very few people opt out. Once in a while, you might get somebody who's a little bit snitty, but not very often. It very, sure. It's very, very rarely. What type of email service do you use to send these emails out? I recommend one called GetResponse. There's lots of them out there. MailChimp, GetResponse, Constant Contact. These are all email autoresponder systems. And why do you like GetResponse? I like GetResponse just because they've got good customer service. A lot of people like to go with the, the MailChimp because it's free, but you get what you pay for. So GetResponse, I've found, works pretty well, and the deliverability is good, too. Based on your experience as a real estate investor, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Focus is the best advice ever. <laughs> sure. Focus on exactly what kind of real estate investing you want to do and where you want to do it. Invest in training or coaching or mentoring to get the education. It's either that or work for somebody for free. Don't try and figure this stuff out on your own. It's such a waste of time. So get the education, get the training that you need. And then if you're nervous about it, partner up with somebody who's doing what you want to do and partner with them on a deal or two before you jump in with your own two feet. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's give her a shot. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more. Best ever book you've recently read? Dream 100 book, Dana Derricks. 
Dream or green? Dream. green. Dream, okay. What's the best ever deal you've done? I'd say probably that 54-unit apartment building. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we haven't talked about already? <laughs> mistake I made on transaction, but that'd be kind of like the worst deal ever because it probably goes hand in hand. Sure. Yeah. Worst deal ever was a rent-owned deal I did years ago where the whole strategy was a bit flawed. I was basically buying houses for people and then turning around and rent-owning up to them over the next two to three years. Well, I got the absolute worst tenant buyer into a house because I'd heard about some tricky strategy to help them get the money they needed for the deposit. So worst mistake ever was not making sure that the person had skin in the game. And it turned into a disaster. I had to evict them. $18,000 worth of damages done to the property. Sat on it for like six months before I could get it turned around. And then the market went down too. So I had to rent it out for another five or six years before we could actually sell it. So that one sucked. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best ever way you like to give back to the community? You know, I've done some stuff with uh, local homeless folks and I've done a little bit of work overseas with some organizations in Nicaragua, but that's a good question, Joe, and a, a good kick in the butt that I need to do more. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Well, if they're interested in attracting investors and raising capital for their deals, investorattractionbook.com, they can get a free ebook version of my Money Partner Formula book which goes through the whole five-step process. Dave, thank you so much for being on the show, talking about the 54 unit, how you got the equity for it, the business plan, the $120,000 elevator, and the sixplexes, as well as the joint venture structure that you used to purchase the sixplexes. Really enjoyed our conversation. Hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot, Joe. Likewise. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.